0: New from Star Joe's podcast, this episode sold separately.
1: Over the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G-I-G-A. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 35: A Conversation with Val Staples. I'm your host Ryan, and I'm Chuck. And welcome back, guys. Yes, we have a special guest with us that we were very anxious to meet and talk with. So, yeah, I
2: for one was very anxious. I know you
1: were. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, what we have on uh, we have on the line here is a writer, colorist, and uh,
2: all around good guy.
1: Yes, Val Staples. Welcome to the show, Val.
2: Hey, what's going on,
0: guys? Thanks for having me on.
1: You're right. very welcome. Very, very glad to have you on. We're that was a little too bubbly, but that's, that's, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, no, we we are actually very, uh, in all honesty, we're very honored to have you on. I know it might not be a big deal to you, but to us it is. So I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things I wanted to jump into right away, uh, yes. because it was one of the big reasons why uh, we we're able to, to speak with you if we have PowerCon coming up.
0: Yes, PowerCon and ThunderCon.
1: Yes, big deal. And we kind of talked a little bit before the show started and as you know, I'm a big ThunderCats fan and Chuck's a, a huge Masters of the Universe fan, so this convention's right up our alley.
2: Unfortunately, we're not going. Yeah, we What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we wish it was more on the East Coast. It's all the way in California.
0: Uh, eventually it'll be on the East Coast.
2: Good. We're we're actually in the state of Ohio if you didn't know. So we're Ohio. In Ohio?
0: No, you you're, you're not too far above me, then. Where, where in Ohio? Uh,
2: The Cleveland area. Oh, that's way north in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So the next time you do a Cedar Point trip, I'm going to meet you guys up there.
0: We're thinking about doing that again this year.
2: Yes. Nice. Okay. The Hollow the Weekends yes, one. Yes, exclusive. You guys heard it here. We might have <laughs> we might have to
1: meet up with you there.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, someone just uh, – uh, uh, uh Judith, I, I guess no one is going to know who that is, uh, one of the members on – HeMan.org, that helps organize a lot of this stuff, uh, was talking to me about that the other day. And then I had another fan email me saying, hey, are you guys going to do it? So I think this time we may do it because it actually gives people a little bit of a, <laughs> a notice rather than how <laughs> crappily I threw that together last time with like <laughs> two weeks' notice.
2: Like, hey. Very cool. Yeah, and the reason that we're able to talk to you today is because we actually received an email from Danielle. Danielle, yeah, who was yeah. yeah. on Roast Skubal Dinner, as yes. penny, penny dreadful on the forums, on HeMan.org forums and asked us if we would uh, be so kind to talk about PowerCon, and we're like, yeah, sure, sounds great. Yeah, so then she's like, well, let me get you uh,
1: connected with someone that can talk to you about it. And I was like, okay, that'd be great. And she goes, oh, here's the connection. It's Val Staples. Uh, he does this and I was like, No no no, I'm yeah, well aware I, who, I know who he is. I know who he is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm well aware of his work. Because I know who she is, and I'm like, well maybe she has like a, a you know, a publicist or something right. like that which she could talk to and tell us about it. That's cool.
1: We didn't know how high level you guys were with, yeah. with PowerCon and ThunderCon if you had like PR people and everything else. So uh, it's it's
0: kinda I mean everyone that's it's all fans that are doing it. I mean everyone who's doing the duty that they are has some experience in that area, but it's just I don't know it i i I don't see the sense in hiring out to people you don't know when right. you already have a wealth of people that you've gotten to know over the years and you know their skill set that you can utilize that that want to do it yeah
1: so it Well, that's that, I think that's the cool thing about it too is like like you're saying, why hire it out to somebody that maybe also doesn't necessarily have a love for what you're trying to put together exactly so um now how i guess I don't know where you, if you've been with it from the very beginning or if it's if you've kind of jumped in. Yeah, uh, very beginning. Yep. How how long did it take to really finally get this thing off the ground?
0: Uh, not too much time actually. The the biggest pain in the rear was the the hotel venue that that took forever. This thing was actually supposed to be announced uh, much earlier in the year, and it took about three months of hotel negotiation before we got. Everything lined up the way we wanted. I, I really hope that we had, could have announced it back in like March, <laughs> but um, the whole reason we even came together as quickly as we did because we wanted to have one show under our belts before we walk into next year. Which, if for anybody listening who's a, a He-Man fan, knows it's the 30th anniversary of Mass Universe. So we we wanted to get a good impression of what people. Like didn't like about the show, what they wanted to see for another show. It allowed us to to cut our teeth a little bit and and to plan accordingly to go through the lumps of of uh, you know and bangs and knocks of doing a convention, and and just be prepared for it a lot better.
1: Very nice. Okay.
0: And you'll be out there, right? i'll be there i'll be um actually for part of the day i'll be monitoring the door so you know nice i'll, nice.
2: I'll be the <laughs> guy hands with val <laughs> or, or punch me i guess I yeah wow. some people want to do that too and please, I know, please uh, knock me out <laughs> yeah uh, i heard on uh another podcast i listened to that new toy smell that pixel dan's going to be there too
0: yes pixel dan's going to be running around all over the place doing interviews and recording people all over the place he's going to be fighting with N T V for interviews, I think, so. Nice. I mean, yeah, so.
1: Now, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the list of uh, people you guys have coming, and I have to say, for as quick as you're saying you put it together, this list is ridiculously
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah, Larry
2: Dottilio, that's awesome.
0: It's, uh, we had a rapport with a lot of these creators, just from having worked with He-Man.org, and, you know, we... I mean, the beauty about Thundercats as well is that Thundercats has always been kind of tied to He-Man in some weird way. It's just they're two completely different brands, but there seems to be like this crossover interest, I think, because it's so heavy on the fantasy vibe. Right, right. And so a lot of the guys, like the the two major uh, Thundercats fan sites out there, like ThundercatsNow.com and ThundercatsLair.org, like all those guys are actually He-Man fans as well and on the He-Man.org forum. So it's easy to get a hold of creators through this sort of fan network that we have. And, and, you know, it's, it was a lot of people want to do it too. They want to come out. They want to hang out. They want to talk to people. They just want to meet the fans. And, um, that was another reason for being in LA the first year was just because so many of these creators are in and around the Los Angeles area. Yeah. So it makes it very convenient for them to come out and to hang out and to meet people.
1: Yeah. And I, at- I've been watching the the new Thundercats cartoon, which has just been amazing. Yeah, it is. It is, it is really good. Yeah, I even liked. Uh, I think it was in the latest episode uh, the references to where you saw Monstar from the Silverhawks on yes, the screen. Yes, and, and, the, and, tiger and the tiger shark. Yeah, tiger shark. it yeah. yeah. all looked like uh, Miko yeah. from from that. So, uh, and I was someone as a kid who I watched a lot of cartoons lot a lot of cartoons in the <laughs> 80s I'm, I'm 35 so like the 80s was me at five years old to 15 so mm-hmm. perfect age um and chuck watched a lot of his favorites and he would just watch reruns whereas what i did a lot of times is, i if it was a rerun i would go to another channel to see if there was some other cartoon on oh. so i would watch yeah. stuff like tiger sharks and silver hawks and mask and stuff like that and i was just like I was
2: watching reruns of He-Man and G.I. <laughs> right. Joe. And how, how, how old are you, Chuck? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm 36. I'm a couple months older than Ryan. Oh, it's so close in proximity. Yeah. So I, 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 I
0: was
1: expecting to be like, I'm 22. 22. You know, like, <laughs> no, no, no. No. We were in the prime age for these cartoons. Yeah, it's our wheelhouse. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great cartoons. There's a lot of not-so-great cartoons. Yes, that came <laughs> that's but, true. Uh,
1: now, speaking of great cartoons also, then, you know, we, of course you had the Filmation Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite has, uh, and I think Chuck's as well, is the Mike Young ones mm-hmm. that were done, and it's it's a shame that it it only lasted as long as it did. Uh, but I see you have a lot of guests coming from uh, we're that, that, that were involved in that as well. Yep,
0: yep. We uh, we're trying to cover the gamut with uh, a lot of different people from different eras and the things we, we we had a lot more trouble getting the Thundercats creators than we did with the He-Man, which is kind of a a bummer. Um, But then I was told that that Warner Brothers had the same problem when they were trying to do their commentaries and documentaries for the Thundercats DVDs. Um, The the creators for Thundercats are a little... I I think one of the, the downsides to the Thundercats kind of community is they haven't had the kind of rabid crazy He-Man fan base that have sought out everyone's like basically with telescopes where they live and you know know what's going on. So there's there's not that rich network of, of being able to find all these creators like they did before. Plus, you know, you look at you have the advantage too of, of Mattel being an entity that's going on, right. whereas like the LJN toys for Thundercats, it's they try to piece together those people that work there is next to impossible. Um, it's just it's really hard to do it. I mean, you kind of find these people, but I mean, we we're still looking for people actively. We still want to represent better next year. We we already have beads on a lot more Thundercats creators that we want to kind of come out, and I think next year we're going to have a lot better representation from the new cartoon as well. Very cool. Uh, so you know, it's yeah. It's yeah, just, I
2: noticed you got Larry Kenny who was the voice of Lion-O and he actually did a voice of Lion-O's father.
0: Yes, yes uh, yeah, I believe it's Claudus is the name. Is yes, his yes. Name, if Claudius, It's yeah. uh, it's I tell you, <laughs> Larry Kinney, is one of the most awesome guys like voice actors I have I've ever had the pleasure of talking with. That guy is a trip. He's the nicest guy. He he will do anything for the fans. He is so flexible. It's 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 unreal. And having that guy out there is just I I hope everyone. Goes up to see Larry Kinney and, and gets an autograph and you know uh, buys whatever he has on the table. Just buy it all.
1: You know. Now that you nice. say that, I am marking down right now that I need to contact Larry Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if I get to talk to lion I'm gonna lose <laughs> my mind. <laughs> oh, it's that it
0: is crazy when you talk it's, to him on the phone. You hear the lion note in his voice, and yeah, it's like, wow, it's just weird. How big was it to get Mattel to come to PowerCon? Uh, Mattel actually came to us, surprisingly enough. Oh wow! But, okay, but but I, you know, I have to give credit to Scott Knightlick on that one because I don't think that would have happened without Scott Knightlick pushing for it because he's such a
2: huge He-Man fan. Right. That and, was going to be know, my question if he had any play to do with that because oh I know yeah, yeah. he's I'm, he's active on the the forums uh through the he Man.org and he's big on the Rose Kubel, I've heard him a couple times yep. on yep. the if podcast as down. well. He's he's very he's very proactive for, for He
0: Man. He's he really pushes a lot. I mean he does he does do a lot for that brand. I mean he is a hardcore fan. You oh, know? Okay. I mean I, it's uh he's he's pushed a lot for a lot of things and he's it it was also really convenient when we set this up, this venue we were trying to get it around LAX because we wanted it to be in a location to where as if people did want to come to it because we knew it was a a small show that it's like well let 's make it as convenient as possible so it doesn't really ding the wallet that much so it's like if you want to fly out for the show, all you have to do is jump on the shuttles you know the free shuttle for the hotel and come right over there's one less expense that for travel or anything you have to deal with. And little did I even pay attention. I should have known this all the years that I've worked with them. El Segundo is two miles away from LA. <laughs> so so all I, all I had to do is
1: just throw their stuff in a car and drive over. You know, it's, it's like really easy for them. Nice. It's, it worked out well. Very cool. And uh, I assume that there'll be tickets available for people at the door that maybe yes. even if it's last minute, they're going to be able to still get in. Yes, we still have
0: plenty of tickets available, although we we've, we've had – quite the outpouring of pre sales. I was not anticipating it. It's uh I, I had just estimated this show because it's a first year show to maybe have you know uh, I don't know maybe five hundred fans come out or six hundred fans and, and and pre-sales are already <laughs> pushing you know it's like a you know like blow, blowing that number out of the water. So that's awesome. Yeah I I wasn't I was not expecting this. I, I guess my biggest fear now is that b- people are going to come out and it's not big enough for them. That's my <laughs> opinion. It
1: yeah, I, I think people are going to kind of expect it I think it's going to be bigger than maybe people are expecting it to be because it is a first year of doing it. And I know when I've gone or have heard about first years, they tend to be smaller and to me this doesn't look s- that small
0: it's it's spread out across the hotel like you, you have your big main room for your talent you've got your collectible room off to the side you got your panel room off to somewhere else uh, It takes up it's still a small show though it, it's yeah. still a, a tiny show it's it's more about who's at the show because it's like everything right. is, is packed in there you know it, it rather than going to a show, where it's a it takes up half a convention hall and you're just wandering past a booth that you just don't care about, it's everybody there is yeah. somebody that you want to stop and talk to. It's I think every every vendor has something to offer. Every person who's sitting at a table whose talent has something to do. You know, it's I, I guess that's one thing that to tell people that I, I really want to get across is I mean speaking from my, my own experience is like when you go to a convention and you see that one guy that's like sitting at a table by himself, there's that kind of hesitation to go by, you know, like the hungry eyes wanting you to stop, or, right. um, or you're worried about someone who's who's got their comics all lined up or their art, and you're worried about the pressure sale. Anybody going to this show who knows anything about like the Thundercats fans and the He-Man fans and the creators should not fear any of that. If you see someone that doesn't have someone talking to them, which will surprise me, go talk to them. It, you don't fear a pressure sale. Don't worry about it, because there's going to be an interesting story to be told. You're going to meet someone. That you didn't know about. It's going to be a, a, a lot of fun experiences. I mean, it's just, you, you could just go from one person to the next and just have a great yeah. time talking and, to and people. S-
2: speaking of fun experiences, you're putting on the Roast Google dinner dinner. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> hey, That's sold out, correct?
0: That, it's, if this goes up on the weekend, I think we have like two tickets left. Like, it's, it's wow. like all that's left. It, yeah. That dinner got out of control. It got, um. it's about twice the size that I had originally intended for it to be. It's It's the, the creator-to-fan ratio, I believe, is three to one. Okay. So wow. it's like, you know, if you're sitting at a table, it's like, you know, you each table has kind of a mix of, of different creators from different brands and eras. So we, we wanted each table to kind of represent, and you could have fun talking to them. And plus, the, if anybody doesn't get to actually sit with the one creator they wanted to sit with, there's also the masters cast mixer directly afterwards, where I'm sure a lot of these creators are gonna go have a few drinks, right? You know, we'll meet them there. That's, yeah, exactly, and that's or where we're also gonna and no, <laughs> <yeah. getting laughs> and, and that's also where the charity, hands. you know, that's where the charity auction is taking place, and a lot of people are gonna be going there. And so, you know, after the dinner there's still plenty of opportunities to spend intimate time with creators.
2: But the, now, the you, know, you know, find the, out that Chitara was sleeping with yeah. Mumra. Wow. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> now the charity auction you mentioned, is that something that'll be available to anybody online?
0: It's the the way the charity auction works and the Masters Cast Mixer is that um, to give you the whole rundown of everything. The Masters Cast Mixer starts at 7 p.m., which is the same time that the dinner starts. Now, the dinner is, you know, you have to have a ticket. It's, it's a closed thing. It's from 7 till 9. Well, while that's going on, the Masters Cast Mixer starts at 7. Anybody can go. It's open to the general public. You don't have to have a ticket to go to that. Um, it's from 7.30 until about 9. John Carroll is going to be there debuting his uh, fan movie called Wizard of Stone Mountain, which is based on He-Man, and that's going to be there. Then from, once the dinner is over, we're all going to flood over there, and from about 9.15 to 9.30, that's when we're going to have the cosplay contest. I have no idea how many entrants are going to show up, if anybody's going to show up. <laughs> but whoever shows up, that's where they get to go on stage and, and show off their costumes, and we pick a winner or, or several winners from that. Then from 9.30 to nine. 45. Pixel Dan's going to be there doing the debut of a new video review he's got, and then we start the auction from at 10 p.m. Now the way the auction works is we have on floor bidders that you can you register there and you can bid, and then we will also have online bidding as well. That's going to go up here pretty soon for people who want to register to bid on these items. Can now some of the items will be floor only. Which means, you know, that's kind of the, the benefit about being there at the con, you sure, know. So, sure, you know, sure. So, so, but most of the items will also be available for online bidding as well. I know it's late for the for the East Coast if it starts at 1 a.m. That's pretty late, but there's that's some pretty okay. choice items in there. There's some pretty cool artwork as well as uh, the program guide, which is done by Tim Seeley, who is the you know the creator of Hackslash, and yep. he's you know working on a ton of great stuff right now in comics. And then also the souvenir magazine. Uh, cover is going to be up for auction, which was done by Ed McGinnis, and that features uh, He Man and Lionel on it. And Ed McGinnis, if anyone knows comics and knows Ed McGinnis is. Yep. yeah, yeah. So it's uh, he that's going to be up. It's kind of the two big crowning jewels, I'd say. Nice. So lots of lots of cool stuff there. Lots of cool stuff.
1: Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like going back to something you had mentioned. Oh, earlier, oh, oh, oh and,
0: and let me let me interrupt real quick. I did? should I should say that the auction, um, you know, the way we're going to do it is it benefits both the con. And children affected by AIDS foundation we're giving a, oh, a generous awesome. a generous portion of the the winning amount of bids over to the children affected by AIDS Foundation that's a charity that back when I published at MV Creations we did several comics to help support them in their dream Halloween event every year and uh it's 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 just a really great charity and we wanted to do something else to help them even further so that's what we're doing.
1: Very awesome. Yeah, we're, I mean, we love uh, charities, especially ones that, you know, yeah. benefit children. How about children a lot, Um. Yeah. In fact, we every year, or I shouldn't say every year, we've only been around for, this is our second, second year. year. but. <laughs> but uh, last year and this year, we're going to do it again, is we run a Toys for Tots uh, charity. Oh, awesome. Thing. So, because so, um, yeah. we, our philosophy is, because we do toy reviews, we're like every kid should have a toy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome to hear. That's really really important information, so I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned that. Um, going back to one thing you mentioned earlier, though, too, sure. it just got me thinking when you were talking about uh, Ed McGinnis, obviously he did do some work on the Thundercats with Wildstorm. Yes. Uh, made me think about, you were talking about how, you know, He-Man and Masters Universe has has had such a, a rabid fan base and, and they've been following it all along and obviously they've had, like, you know, He-Man.org and there's been a lot of things that have come out, such as the comics from MV Creations and the Mike Young production, stuff like that, where I feel like Thundercats, after the 80s, even though there was the Wildstorm comics, there wasn't a whole lot there until just now. Yeah. Um. So that might be why the Thundercats or the Master Universe fans are maybe a little bit more... Well, it was harder to get the licensing. Right, exactly. So I'm wondering if that might be part of the reason as to... Uh, why there's a lot more Master Universe really like rabid fans than the Thundercats it, fans. So.
2: Yeah,
0: it it could be. It's uh, it's it's tough to say. It's uh, yeah, there really wasn't a lot there to fuel the fans other than just their love for it. Yeah. So we've we definitely had had a lot more for He-Man over the years than Thundercats fans have. But finally, they're getting their dues here with this yeah you know kick butt toy line from Bandai and the yeah. this fantastic Warner Brothers cartoon. I've, so
2: I've gotten yeah. some of them. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to like give a quick wrap up here of uh, PowerCon when it is and how people can get tickets and information if they still want to go if it's sure. still available? Well, what you want to do is you want to go to
0: www.vpower-or minus sign whatever you want to say con.com. Check that out. There's a bunch of links there that kind of give you the information. The general information about the show is actually a link on the left says information. The show itself is on Saturday, September 24th and Sunday, September 25th. Uh, Saturday hours are from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sundays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then we also have our after-hours events on Saturday night, which we talked about earlier. It's at the Four Points LAX Hotel that's in Los Angeles, and we have the address and phone number there for that. Um, if you are interested in getting tickets, we have a link there on the left-hand side where you can pre-order them now. But we Unfortunately, you just missed the discount for the tickets, but if you still want to pre-order them just in case we run into a problem where – we have, uh, you know, we may sell out. You never know. The one day pass is twenty five dollars, and the two day passes is forty dollars. And we also still have some power packages left, which have a bunch of cool memorabilia and items for the show. You get a copy of the magazine, um, and then you also get uh, like that uh, roast
2: dinner CD, huh?
0: You get it's yeah, all the the different uh, bands who have contributed music to the intro. For anybody who's ever heard our podcast, uh, we. We try to play music from fans that donated who want to get their music heard. Uh, A bunch of them gave us permission to use their tracks, and we put together an album of that so you can check out all the music from some really cool bands that's in there as well. And uh, there's also some drink tickets for the Master's Cast Mixer, and there's a VIP badge, which will get you priority queuing for any signings and also let you go in first to any panels in case there's a crowd waiting for the panels you get to go awesome. in first that, that's yeah. awesome
2: and we also showed here when we printed out some information there was a commemorative pen commemorative stickers temporary mm-hmm. tattoos commemorative yep. band wristband so there's a lot of good stuff here and a copy of serial geek too
0: yep that's the one that features
2: the ed mcginnis cover on it awesome Very so a awesome. lot of nice
1: stuff yeah
0: definitely worth the
2: 140 price
1: and I would definitely, just from my own personal experience, I I definitely want to reiterate to any of our listeners that are going to PowerCon, ThunderCon, to do exactly what Val's saying, which is you see somebody there because of the type of convention this is, it's somebody that's been involved with either Masters of the Universe or Thundercats. There's a story somewhere. There's a story somewhere. Go talk to them. Yeah. Because I've had an uh, experience, uh, which I mentioned to Chuck on the show here one time, was... Uh, We went to Super Show and the uh, creator, Tim Truman, was there and he did a lot of work on Star Wars comics Mm -hmm. and no one was standing there talking to him. And I was like, I know this guy's got a long history. He's been doing comics in general for a long time. And I went to go talk to him and he told me a, a whole story about how he was the first person to ever be allowed to write a comic book story or write a story in general that delved into the Sand People, the Tusken Raiders. Oh, really? George Lucas did not want that culture touched or anything like that, and Tim Truman approached him with this research that he did on different cultures and tribes and stuff like that, and George was like, go for it. And it was, See,
0: that's that's some great historical information that you, you wouldn't have known exactly. and the fans wouldn't benefit from if somebody hadn't gone up and asked him these questions. Exactly, yeah. and I
1: imagine you're going to find the same type of stories from these people that are going to be at this convention. Yeah.
0: Oh, most definitely. I mean, there's, there's, and they've done so much. All these people have just done so many things.
2: It's just, you know, well, you yeah, gotta, yeah. you gotta go talk. You gotta talk to them. And speaking of asking questions, I've got some questions I prepared for you. Sure. So if you don't mind, uh, first, first question is how, how did you break into comics?
0: Ah, oh, how did I break into comics? Well, um, lots of trial and error, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I, I did have the benefit of like kind of being during the, early days of the internet before you know now there's a gazillion artists and creators that you can find especially on deviant art but back in the day it wasn't so easy and um you know i just uh, i just networked uh, i went on the the few online communities that there were i got to know people i would write creators and ask them questions The few creators that had contact information and uh went to conventions and uh, just kept Honing my craft, and eventually uh, someone gave me a chance. So yeah, it's just, this is kind of how it is. It's it's really it's a lot harder these days. You know, back then you could, uh, when you went to a convention, you could walk up and put your name on a portfolio review list at uh, Marvel, then come back at your time, and it was easy. Now you basically have to put your name in a pot and hope you get drawn. Wrong, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's just uh, it's just crazy. It's 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 uh, some people don't even look at portfolios it's um it's nuts but um but i i knew what i was doing too you know i, I knew i wasn't a complete waste of their time so you know <laughs> I, I i i was i did think i was a lot better at the time than i really was but i knew i didn't completely suck so well, you need some uh, of that
1: confidence though so
0: well it's some people have it poorly placed you know i, I agree the wor- <laughs> it's the, the worst thing you you see are these people they go up that are belligerent when they get their portfolio reviews or they, they, when they hear something they don't want to hear, then, you know, they get defensive and it's like, well, you know, say goodbye to your career, buddy. Right. You know, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that get. I've I've seen it. I know Chuck's seen it before. It's it, they forget that they should also need to be professional and they need, yeah. because that's being looked at also. Yeah. Um, now I know that you, you have pretty good repertoire of various things that you've done in comics. Um, the one I, I wanted to ask you about is, is obviously, uh, you and not trying to kiss your ass, but, uh, but <laughs> that's my job. But uh, but I I think you're a phenomenal colorist. Well, thank you. Like I, I notice it. I don't think a lot of fans understand the colorist job. I think a lot of fans maybe think that the colorist is the guy that gets the 64 pack of crayons and <laughs> it's about and you have to stay in the lines and that's about uh-huh. it. So uh, can can you kind of dig a little bit more into what got you into being a colorist and and what you enjoy out of it or what what your job really is as a colorist
0: uh, well sad to say you know I, I got into coloring hoping it would be a springboard into writing um, because I just I wanted to get my foot in the door mm-hmm. it was one of those things where um, it, it's just I was working on producing a comic back with a, a good friend of mine named Matt Tyree We were trying to do it ourselves, and and, and to to get it done, we knew we had to divide the tasks. So Matt took on penciling and inking, and I took on uh, writing, lettering, and coloring. And I coloring, I mean writing, it's just you know, forget it. You know, there's just there's no way to submit as a writer and get in. It's just not going to happen. You have to prove yourself as an independent publisher or you have to be a, a screenwriter or you have to be a novelist or something you just you, you you can't just walk in and get a job at marvel dc as a writer right. without having credit it's not going to happen right so i was like okay this is where we cut our chops but you know i had to learn to do the coloring and um you know i've been an artist all my life and uh you know, that was pretty easy to to, to pick up i was, i'm also a very technical person in terms of uh you know the the kind of element there and so that was right up my alley and um yeah just learning the trade just learning the programs learning what to do applying color theory applying what you do uh it's just um a lot of people like you said they they kind of overlook colors but i kind of i blame the industry a little bit for that the industry doesn't promote coloring as active as it should they they have gotten a lot better about it but it's still light years Behind, like uh, where it should be, in my opinion, because uh, it, it's not what it used to be. Where right. it was just, uh, you know, the, the color guides that were passed off to the room of film cutters that just cut flat pieces of of film to make the kind of different limited palette that they'd have, even though there was an art to that. Um, now it's coloring, definitely it did before, but definitely more so now. Will make or break a book. Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah. uh, it's, there's there's so many titles and things that I will see. Where it'll be an artist like the, who worked on a project previously that was colored by one person, and worked on something else colored by someone else, and they, their art is the same. Well, but a person will say, "Man, they did such a good job on this, but did a crappy job here." But the reality is, it's the coloring that's doing that. Right. You know, yeah. it's like they had they had a complimentary or good colorist on one project and a not so good colorist on another, and that ruins the art. And people you know heap all that blame or or praise on the uh, artist i'm not saying they you know they they aren't due every bit of the accolades that they get or criticisms if they do a bad job but right um you know coloring certainly does make a piece come to life yeah you know i mean you'll see people you know trust me an editor will will be quick not to hire you again if you do a bad coloring job but yeah. uh
1: Well, and and, uh, just to give you an example, is a book uh, that I mentioned on our show uh, one time because we we occasionally do a little spotlight on something that we're uh, reading that's outside the 80s properties and everything else, kind of hitting the big two and everything else. One book that I uh, am reading right now is uh, Avengers, The Children's Crusade. Mm -hmm. And the coloring on that is something that really stands out to me because it's really vibrant. It's it's noticeable in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side of that, We are also doing reviews of the old Marvel runs of Star Wars, GI Joe, and Transformers. Mm -hmm. And Transformers, the coloring, there was mistakes in the characters. (laughs) There was like the person wasn't inside. You know, I know I made a joke of staying inside the lines, but there, there was people. The colors was not staying inside the lines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. So it's I have heard from colors before where they uh they said you know. Yes, you know, like like you were saying, yes, uh, colors. If it's being focused on, the colors can really make a book or ruin a book. But I've also heard from some colorists that said, you know, if I'm doing my job right, people don't notice the coloring as much. They just notice the art.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's something too. I a lot of um, I I I tend to have a softer touch when I color. And I've had a lot of people request me simply for that because I tend to, well, a lot of times I try to compliment the art rather than overpowering it. There's a lot of just, you know, kick ass colorists out there who, who are very capable of being pencilers because they're, they're so good and they will render something absolutely beautiful. But, you know, it kind of ends up looking like a painting rather than seeing the pencil art. And there are some pencilers who, look to hire specifically those kind of colorists because they need that crutch you know without that person to make that person look awesome they wouldn't probably be as popular as they are and that's kind of an irk of mine too where it's like you'll see an artist that clearly the coloring has made them shine but they're getting all the praise and you know that colorist isn't getting anything and it's like oh do you realize how bad this book would be if it was not for that colorist right yeah yeah so, I can never beat that guy
2: though. I'm well, not that I'm not good enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would disagree. But uh I, I know that you do a lot of uh stuff with DC comics. Well it just started, actually. Just started, yeah, yeah. with uh Suicide Squad.
0: Suicide, well I've done a few things before, but Suicide Squad's the, the regular gig I'm doing right, and that's, right. that's 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 a lot of fun. Now, now didn't you do a couple of Batman Superman issues? I, I just did covers on covers, them. I did okay. I did covers for that. I did some uh Thunder Agents interiors I did something else, but I can't remember what it is anymore. And um, yeah, just yeah, various things I've done. But yeah, it's they've been real good to me. DC has been really, really good to me. I have really enjoyed working with them.
1: Well, not to put any pressure on you when it yeah. comes to Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. but I've they you know DC posted on there you know some of the uh, the sketches, the the pencil work and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I saw the pencil work and I'm like, oh my god, this looks amazing. Then I saw that you were going to be the colorist and I'm like, okay great at least it's a colorist that i know his work and i know he's gonna make this art look really good so again no pressure uh uh-huh. but if it comes out and the and it doesn't look good wow I'm
2: blaming, I'm blaming you i think he's calling you out
0: it's i that that book is um i i don't know what pencils you saw though because it's gone through some growing pains okay. as as they've been working on it so um it's i it they've had some crazy deadlines but that's kind of what goes right. along with you know meeting the kind of schedule that they're doing and um you know they they have to make adjustments as they go along to to meet that deadline so um but the, I, I like what i'm seeing it's really cool and the
1: shot i saw was um i think it was like Harley Quinn it was like Harley Quinn and Deadshot and Shark like all on the line they looked like uh the right, uh, all the right moves or right stuff or whatever, like the astronauts walking out almost. Oh like,
0: yes. I know, I know which page that is. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in the, the. it's like a oh, snowy, snow uh, snowy. Yeah. the Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Like, like I said, that. I honestly, I was very relieved. Like I said, I was actually relieved when I saw that you were going to be the colors. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm familiar with your work, especially when you were uh working on the masters of universe books with MV creations And the coloring was amazing there. So I was just like, okay, this this is looking good already. And I look look even better (laughs) once this is done.
0: So it's uh, I I posted one previewed color page on my Facebook account. And I don't know if anybody saw that. And then, like, I know, like that particular page you're talking about. Yeah, that's one of um, kind of a sequence of. Pages they're gonna release in color, but I forgot who they're doing that with. Uh, there's somebody they're releasing them to for an exclusive reveal, and I okay. I don't remember who it is.
1: Well, I haven't seen that page on your Facebook page, but I will after we're done talking with you tonight. We <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, I can send it to you over Skype if you want me to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All
0: right, yeah, I'll do that while we while we keep talking. Sounds good. Okay.
2: Well, Sounds the one the one question I wanted to ask was going back to the Masters Universe Comics when you were working, you know, with Emiliano for the mm-hmm. MV Creations. And you guys uh, abruptly you know ended you know the 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 run there what, mm-hmm. what what story did you want to tell that you were not able to tell um
0: there's really it's this isn't meant as a cop out answer but there there really is no way to 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 capsulate that you know there's there's no way to say you know this is it um what we had done is um the the cartoon they really weren't progressing much, and we with the with the Mike on production one, I think, because you know, like the, the, there this is a transfer by the way, if you want right. to check out the page. Cool. Um, and weird, it, it's just it's just the weird thing. It's it's about working with a big company is that you have different departments and there's different people having to do certain things, and what we had initially agreed on didn't really end up being what was happening with the line I, I don't mean that as a you know mattel's bad people or anything like that it's just a progress of some people left um some things were shuffled shuffled around legal okay. certain restrictions et etc cetera, etc cetera. so like the very beginning we made it very clear you know we have a different demographic that we're appealing to you know it's like when you do the mike young productions cartoon you're trying to appeal to an all-ages audience we are, you know, appealing to predominantly mid twenties to mid thirties. You know, these are people who don't want a watered down comic. And like when we did that first miniseries, it was four issues. We were just treading water. You know, I, I, I we, we did a, a very simple story that was intended to be somewhere between a filmation episode and somewhere between where we hoped to go with the tone. We were just kind of setting the stage. And then when we got to volume two, we were going to start kicking it up. But then that, you know, ended up, oh, there we go. Um, ended up being, you know, just not quite what we wanted to do. So when we went to volume three, we were like, you know what? We're just going to do the story that we had talked about doing from the very beginning. And um, we had prepared for it and we had written, some, you know, I'd written some scripts and Emiliano and Inside started penciling it. And um, at that time, Mattel was just basically pulling in the reins on Mass Universe because it was kind of done at that point. Um, so they were like, well no, you know, you guys can't do this. You gotta use just this finite list of characters and you know, your stories have to be retellings of the Mike Young productions cartoons episodes. Okay. And I was like I was like, mm, I was like that ain't gonna work. You know, I was like, we're gonna do that. And I was like, but we have to get something out right away. So, you know, that's why we did the Rise of the Snakeman miniseries. That was a retelling. Uh, I forgot the episode numbers now, but it was a retelling of the episode. And we put it in the tone of how I wanted to do it with the comic. And so I was like, and that, and that came out. I was really happy with how that came out. But then when we went to volume three. I was like, you know, we, we can't do this for volume three. We can't just regurgitate the cartoon. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just not going to work. No one's going to buy this. It's just, you know. And so they allowed us to tell stories that kind of took place in between episodes, like kind of flesh some stuff out as long as we used – like uh a finite list of characters uh, we could show characters, but we couldn't call them out by name unless the names are on this list okay. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: so it reminds it me a little it, bit of what uh Star Wars Clone Wars is doing right now. They have web comics, and the the web comic stories kind of take place in between the the yeah. episodes mm-hmm. yeah. and everything
0: that's that's kind of what we were doing there too but it's, uh it 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 went along, and I don't know, I think. You know the licensing people they were doing it there it was just such a low priority for them and and, and I understand you know it's like he man was dead. the comic wasn't making much money. they had much bigger to Frist- fry. the people who who were in charge then were in charge of like girls uh brand. so they they had Barbie you know they they were they were dealing with Barbie, and we were just nothing to them you know yeah. and um Mattel legal just didn't want to deal with uh you know checking stuff for a brand that was defunct and It kind of bummed us out because we knew that they had all this wealth of stuff that they could do, thanks to the agreement they had in place with, um, uh, at the time, I guess it was Entertainment Rights, uh, to where they had access to that full library. But I don't know. I mean, Mattel's legal team is so so squeamish about everything like yeah. they're they're really 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 I mean I you know I, that's what they're supposed to do that's their job but it just made from a creative it's like a creator's nightmare yeah, you know yeah. it just it's like everything to them is so black and white but that's what they're supposed to do you right. know but I mean, but for us it was just like ugh I mean you just couldn't do anything and and we just we couldn't come to terms on like where to go with the story and they were just like well you know what you guys have already exceeded your guarantee you know it's like we're not doing anything this line we just need to finish the comic and i was like well can we at least put out our trade for volume three and they're like no yeah and i was like well that thanks that's wow. you know all the there's like one less thing for help me make money back on this but um we did like a couple more issues like leanne hannah got her chance to tell her strato story in issue seven and then we kind of did our little um emiliana kind of plotted up sort of a swan song kind of
1: issue eight that we had fabio laguna illustrate and that was it you know it's kind of amazing that that all happened that way because reading it as just someone that enjoys reading comics you took a lot of challenges and you guys still came out with a very i mean in my opinion a very quality product because not knowing all that conflict was going on the stories were good oh yeah yeah
0: well, we had a lot of fun with them. I, I refuse to go back and read them. I just don't want <laughs> no, to. No, they're really good. I know. Don't, I, don't, I, I, I really appreciate that, but I just don't want to. I oh, just,
1: well, I can imagine for you it brings back a lot of
0: – No, it's just <laughs> – it, I it's part of being a, a creator or, or trying to, or be, I, in my opinion, be a responsible creator is you always try to improve. You're always trying to sure. excel. The next level and when i go back and read them all i can do is find the faults it's like well sense. this this dialogue is stilted or this 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 narrative flow doesn't make any sense or you know this this could have been paced a little better or or you know like like this setup could have used a tie-in over here it's like you know and it's just i go through and i read them and then i've learned from all that stuff and like my own comics like the one i'm doing um from mtv uh coming up pretty soon mtv Geek called divination you know, it's just you know I don't have any restraints. I can do exactly what I want. So the the story and the pacing and the and the characterization is exactly what I want it to be. So you know, we'll see how it goes.
1: Well, I will tell you, uh, looking at that page that you sent of uh, from Suicide Squad, um, looks amazing. Harley Quinn looks creepy as hell. <laughs> it's very good, it's, and I love that. Yeah, so. it's very good. Um, yeah, sharp.
0: they they're really tapping into that. Um, here I'll, i i know since this is uh you know don't don't post this online it's um i, I i'm only going to show you this because i know it's going to be revealed pretty soon but this is that one page you were talking about mm-hmm. um i'll show it to you since i know it's okay. it's going to be revealed are, um, are you fine with us showing the other page that oh yeah you can show that page 16 I sent you. you can show that wherever you want okay, right, you right. Know, okay. post it post it wherever you want that matter of fact dc wants us to post those wherever so please that page 16 that you got before just okay. blanket it anywhere you want to okay great but um yeah it's it's suicide squad working with dc has been a lot of fun um it's a first issue kind of blues where you know it's a tight schedule everyone's sort of adopting to a, a new work uh method and and i think i did pretty good but um i had i had to shift styles mid like as i was working on the product, and it wasn't I didn't intend. I didn't want it to be so kind of candy white light. I I really had a darker, grittier kind of vibe going, but they they didn't want it to be like that. They wanted it to be more um, bright, kind of like action movie type colors. So the first issue, color wise, I'm I'm proud of it, but I'm not ashamed to say it's not as tight as I'd want it to be. So I think with issue two, you're going to see a, a, a big jump in terms of like kind of the cohesiveness of it because i think everyone's going to be finding their pace at that point okay and and kind of going along i mean there's nothing that i'm not happy about
2: yeah we're looking at it right now and you can just stop because it's really good
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that that's awesome man that is an awesome looking image
0: so that's them getting ready to go Kick some butt, I believe. Yes. So I can't, I can't talk about the story. That, that's okay. That's okay. It's coming
2: out soon. It's coming out soon. Yeah, it's it's coming coming out soon. soon. <laughs> we'll just wait our time. It's,
0: it's got a, it's got a good twist ending that I didn't see coming as, a, as a creator. So okay, it's like the
2: first I've been
1: pleasantly happy, at least so far, with the, the issues I've read. Um, we order a lot of our comics, or all of our comics, on through an online service, and we get them twice a month. So, our books are actually coming next week, but i couldn't gotcha. i couldn't wait, wait to read some of the books, so, I actually went to the local comic shop and bought some of the issues I'm already going to be getting <laughs> just so I could read them and I could wait i'm actually <laughs> and I'm actually getting all fifty two titles at least the first oh wow, at least the first few issues because the online service that we had offered them at fifty percent off if you got wow. them
0: it's um this whole thing is a very bold maneuver. For DC, and it really caught a lot of people by surprise. I don't, I don't blame them though. I, I, I know it's it's I, for a lot of old school DC fans out there. Um, I know that kind of that comment right there probably cheesed you off. But if you think about it from just a pure business point of view, the sad reality is comics is selling. They sell very poorly. Yes, um, and they needed to do something to tap potentially into a new you know interest or a new market right. so I mean you know they're, they're redoing it over they're they're taking a lot of cues from the, the movies from the video, video games, game yeah. online world especially um, and then they're trying to really make a big push with the online presence of the comic. I think it's you know it's it's a smart idea. I don't know if it's going to succeed. Yeah, but it's, a
1: gut, yeah, I, it's definitely a gutsy move. But like you said, I think it's one that they had to do. And and I am a longtime DC reader. I've been reading DC for 20 years. But when I heard this news, I was pumped because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, all I care about is if, am I
2: getting a really cool story?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And it's bringing and it's, me more into DC.
0: Yeah, well I mean as a I'm I was one of those weird kids that like. I like to jump on board things when there's a new number one. Exact. So, yeah, so like for me like you know when I was growing up image was like awesome because here's yeah, the yeah, opportunity spawn, for you yeah. to be yeah, you get to be part of something brand new. Now, yeah, you look back at some of those things and it's <laughs> like, Whoa. Exactly. But I mean, it was still an exciting time and it's like for something yeah. like this, I mean, this is it's still the characters that you know and love, but you know, I mean the. I mean, let's face it. Over the years that we've gone through, like Golden Age and Silver Age and into the Bronze Age, these characters and their universes have been revamped numerous times. Oh, yeah. yeah, DC starting over again isn't anything. You know, like they're not breaking the mold here. I mean, right. this is this is not something that is uncommon. I mean, so I mean, I know it's it's. I know if you're a hardcore fan who's been with a certain type of team for a long time and you have a certain history that you're intimate with, I can understand that feeling of of woe or unhappiness, but you know this is this is a new something new. You know, yeah. you get to you get to be there from the ground floor and get to evolve with it. So Well, that's actually you know.
1: one thing that I mentioned on the show too, like how people were complaining about the those that were complaining about the relaunch it's exactly like you said. It's been happening all along, but it's been happening in more subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned like uh, to people that were complaining about. It, I says, you know, Marvel's been doing it all along too. I was like, like if you want, if you don't believe me, it's like okay, then tell me what war was it that Tony Stark got captured in?
0: <laughs> it's because it's changed a, changed times, a yeah.
1: few times. Yeah. Um, and then definitely for people that are listening to our show. They certainly cannot complain about relaunches and and being annoyed by them because we cover GI Joe, Transformers, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Um, All of them have had relaunches. They've all had new takes on these on those characters and stuff like that. And they've and like you said, there's been a lot of bad, but there's been a lot of good. Um, And going back to what you're saying about the 90s, yes, there was a looking back on it, there was a lot of crap that came out, but. People forget, you know, it's, a, it's the easy thing to say that there was a lot of crap that came out in the 90s. But the yeah. thing you have to realize is when you look back, there was also a lot of good stuff that came out in the yeah. 90s, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to find. You got to look for it. You got to look, for, look it. for it. But I I think, like, sometimes today, because I actually think there's a lot more, com- like you were talking about with the Internet and everything else, there's a lot more comics out there for people to get into um, I think it's hard to find sometimes good stuff today because there's so much stuff out there and so much yeah. is available. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's something available for everyone today where maybe it wasn't so much the case in the 90s or the 80s or 70s.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, there, yeah. there is some new comics that are coming back that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Like what's that? The mini comics in the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know. It,
2: so there's three it, of those coming back.
0: You want a you want a mini comic too?
2: Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, Kit- she does. That's Kit Kat. <laughs> All
0: right. You here to you here to participate? You wanna? What do you think? Oh no, you don't like reboots, do you? Oh well, sorry guys, she's not too big on this DC relaunch stuff here. Um, yeah, the mini comic says. Did you guys uh, see that the mini comic that um the first one that they had at San Diego?
2: We I didn't see it in person. I saw a little bit of it online. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's um. I I mean it, it's kind of st- uh, same thing with when we did our comic you know there's there's when you're a fan and you've been a fan of he-man for a long time right. and there there isn't uh, an ongoing entertainment or something you develop in your head your universe like you kind of fill in the gaps you develop the the ideas of the characters so when you're introduced with anything new you know there's there's uh, some people that embrace it some people that just immediately push against it and 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 refuse it and that's that's just a given and we experienced that with our comic and no doubt i mean this, you know that's the same thing that's going on with the mini comic um, i i really like the art in the mini comic i i think it's really nice mike's uh, i think mike mike did colors in there his colors are phenomenal um you know tim seeley is a good friend of mine uh, he's a massive he-man fan um, he was writing from a plot, so like any kind of the, the 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 construct of the story is is beyond his control. But he wrote it like uh, a vintage mini comic. It, it's got stilted dialogue. It's a lot of exposition in there. Um, but that's what the classic vintage mini comics right, Exactly, were that's what like. they were. Yeah. Yeah, and and he did it that way on purpose. I mean, because if you read Hack Slash or or like um like this, you know the uh, Ant Man and uh, wasp miniseries yeah. that Temp did at marvel or any of the other stuff he's done i mean the guy's a heck of a writer you know he, oh, he can do whatever so you know if if you know the guy's body of work you know where he wanted um plot wise there's there's some things in there that i'm not too keen on i, I we we've caught a, a few things that look like plot holes or continuity errors um but all that aside I mean it's a fun mini comic it's a fun story it's it's great to have something like that again.
2: Yeah I'm just glad and, to have Masters of universe comics back in any form.
0: Yeah yeah exactly so I mean it's it's there's it's I mean I hope they keep doing them I'd I'd love to be involved in some way but
2: Yeah that was my other question if they were to ask you to come back and help out on a new Masters of the Universe comic would that be something you'd be willing to do? I would. I don't think they will. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, they're fools would. not to. Now, well, uh, uh,
0: it just depends on on what it is. I I really think at this stage, um, I know that they had said that they were that they needed money like from the design group kind of uh, funded yeah, the money the bill on that. for
2: the the comic um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I know I could put together a, a a crack team of fans that would probably work for. A dollar, you know, right. if they had to pay them something just to do really great mini comics. I, if I was to do them again, I would really want to take on the role that like Lee Nordling had back on the original mini comics, be the editor, like the guy right. who's in charge of putting it all together. I, I don't, I don't really know if I want to jump back in creatively with Masters again because I mean, the, the, is it just because the, because Mas- the limitations? No, Masters Classics isn't. The world that I would have shaped, and kind of coming into someone else's playground okay um is he- i th- I think that it would be more difficult for me to to write a story If they handed me a plot and said, "Okay, this is the plot, yeah. write it. That's one thing right
2: If they were like, "You know, here's the premise, flesh out a world, or they gave you all these bios and say, Make it fit."
0: Yeah, it's it's just like uh, a little more difficult to do. Now, if um, if
1: you were allowed to do something like, because I've seen this happen, I'm not saying that Mattel would ever let this happen, but mm -hmm. I've seen it happen with other properties. If they just said, "We want a Masters of the Universe comic book out there, and you get to it's a it's whatever story you want to create for Masters of the Universe," would Mm -hmm. would that be something appealing to you?
0: Yes, but what I would want to do. Would be something that would only appeal to now. You know, was, I was twenty something back when we did the E-Man Comic. Now I'm thirty five. It's like, oh. gotcha. Um, it's, it's so sad. It's yeah. Like it's like, where'd that gray come from?
2: Oh, um, <laughs> hey, 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 we're thirty
0: five too. What? Look, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Then. It's uh It. It would be just for our age group, and what I would specifically want to do is. Um, this mini comic, see, the thing about it is it's like they're doing the Powers of Skull mini comic, right? Right, right. Um, they're kind of like the mini comics that you never got they never but finished, it's, yeah. But it's not. It's a Masters Universe classic story. So it's like, it's weird for me because it's not really that mini comic. Right. So, like, what I would want to do is continue the classic vintage story right where it left off. I'd want to take all of the the filmation and um, you know like characters and the worlds and the universes that as they were the mini comic worlds and just start right there and keep it going. Like I, I just I don't want to reboot it. I don't want to do over. Um, if if I was to be given that that's what I say. If I was to do comics or mini comics right. because you know I'd want to appeal just to our demographic. Okay. Now. If I was given the opportunity to do something completely new for the brand, I would do something totally different that would be like all ages. I would actually um, continue the story like maybe 30, 30 years in the future or 20 years in the future where it is a completely new set of characters okay. and people and basically, it would be like, um, you know, He-Man's son, you know, kind of like right. Hero, the son of He-Man, like that old filmation premise. Right, right. Basically, this, the same kind of thing. To where it's like all the characters that we grew up with are older, like we are, and they're background characters. And there's plenty of nods in there for us, but is a fun story with a new look that's catered more to what children are into now. That is fun and invigorating. That's truly a new brand direction.
1: Yeah, that, remi- you know, that reminds me a little bit. I don't know if you've been watching it at all, or, but the the new cartoon Voltron Force, mm-hmm. uh, where they have there are there is a lot of little Easter eggs and little references because they have, like you said, the the original characters are yep. the mentors, and they have this new, these new three younger characters that are being trained by them.
0: Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a very very almost identical kind of premise because it's just. I think it's time for us as fans to, to realize that if these things that we love so much as children are going to evolve and continue that we have to let go of our embrace on them and, and not expect to shove what we like down the throats of, of a new generation. It's just not gonna work. Yeah.
2: Do you think the only reason that we don't have Masters Comics now is is, is because of Mattel? I'm not saying that Mattel's bad, but mm, no, I, I think people it's-
0: write them no i think it's more of to quote one of their favorite words logistics
1: logistics
0: it's 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 just there's no money in comics it's that's just a sad reality i mean when we did the 2002 comic that was an abnormality we were you know josh blaylock had the gi joe comic and he did it and no one expected that to be the success that it was and that just opened the door up for like this kind of 80s nostalgia revamp and we just happened to jump in right at the right time and have a comic that came out and did really well. Now, if we were to go do a new He-Man comic right now that was to cater to the direct market, you're going to see the exact kind of performance that you're seeing from IDW's titles. That's not an indication that IDW's titles are bad or anything. It's just that's the reality of how they sell. It has nothing to do with the the content or quality or anything. It's just the market. So if you had a new He-Man comic, you could expect what? five thousand copies sold six thousand maybe ten if you're really lucky there's no money in that you yeah. know it's like you do, do let's do the quick math on that you know it's like a, a 399 comic if you did that on wholesale that's a dollar sixty you pay a 10 percent royalty on that that's 16 cents an issue that goes out you know you sell uh, uh what a thousand copies that's um uh well uh uh hundred sixty bucks or yeah, something yeah, so yeah. it's like um you know you sell five thousand you know copies Mattel's gonna make um you know uh like eight hundred dollars profit yeah. on the issue so it's like I mean that's you know they nothing, they pay yeah. yeah they pay more than that I think to offer their lawyers just to, to copyright one name for a character right, right. you know I mean it just you, you have to consider you know a comic like that and you consider Mattel's very tight legal structure to where they just, you know, they, 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 someone wrote in a book somewhere. I forgot what book it was, but it's like they said, Mattel, Mattel's legal finds new ways to say no. And it's, it's, you know, they, they're just not, you know, they're not going to find a way to make it work. They're just, if it's, if it's going to be too much time for them, they're just going to say no. So, you know, you're going to fall into another creative, like, uh, Funk with them where you're just not going to be able to do anything that really kind of caters to that demographic. Mattel's just not going to be making any money from it. And it's just, that's just how it pans out. Plus, I mean, you know, the reverse there is that you've got these low selling comics. Your budget is extremely limited. And, you know, you like, you know, we, I, I, I did without so we could have like these, you know, kick ass artists that did all these covers and stuff that we had on that comic. You know, I, I really did. A comic for the fans i didn't treat it like a business which i probably should have done more of to you know really nickel and dime it but yeah. i didn't because i wanted it to be awesome you're not going to get that with a new he-man comic yeah. you're not yeah. you know you're just you're going to be very limited on what you what you're going to get in terms of art and, and writers and whatnot so
1: and ultimately I, that's a sh- that is a shame but yeah. it's the reality too so
0: yeah it's just it's just it until someone can figure out a way to make this online uh Structure work and people are actually buy the comics and they're profitable in a good way. You're not going to see a return of anything really dramatic in the printed direct market comic world. It's just not going to happen.
2: Yeah. Well, to close things. Close things off here. It might, you know, it might, hopefully on something less depressing. Yeah, well, that. it might take a movie to do that, you know, a Masters of the Universe movie, a
0: toy line. Well, or- you had a, you've had you had three um, financially successful Transformers movies, and they haven't made a big increase in Transformer comic sales. Not not to be the yeah, negative name. Yeah, no. well, there. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, you know... We're, I'm just a fanboy trying to get a comic yeah. here. <laughs> I'm with you. We're, we're doing, it. we're trying to do our part by promoting it with, you know, with our show and, and we get all whopping maybe power cons, how we do it. Yeah. Nice. PowerCon, con. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying too, like we get, <laughs> we get maybe, you know, we contribute about maybe five new buyers of comics, you know, you know, so we're, we're doing our part. Yeah. <laughs> at least. At it, least. Can, it
0: can be done. Yeah. It
1: just, it just
0: requires fans to have reasonable expectations. Um, you know, um, have a, a team that's very passionate about what they're doing and just having Mattel willing to 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 go into this to to rather than make money work more on just sort of developing the brand and, and, and securing names and stuff like that for legal purposes. Yeah. So yeah. if you get all those pieces of the of the puzzle correct, I, I think you would get a new He-Man comic and it would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing that's interesting too because we've experienced this with some of our listeners is um, I mean, we're not huge, but we we do get a decent amount of listeners, and we've had we have some that are very active, like on our forums and everything else with us. If the if the people are willing to try stuff, it's amazing how much they realize that they like it and they keep yeah. getting more of it. We've had so many people that are just like, I wasn't, you know, I started listening to you guys because I like GI Joe, and then I tried the Transformers comic, or I started listening to you guys because I like Star Wars comics and star wars as a property then i tried the gi joe comics because you were talking about them as far as how great the stories were so i picked them up and now i'm hooked Mm -hmm. and like you said and and maybe maybe this whole dc thing maybe is going to help that too because we all know once you pick up
2: a couple issues and you're enjoying what you're reading yeah. That's all it takes. You yeah. to want to finish the story and see how it goes, how it develops. Right. And then you yeah. then you yeah. want the next one and everything.
0: Right. So um, and I mean it's good it's good there's guys like that, you know, like yourselves that, you know, pass along this because sometimes people just need kind of like when you like a movie, you know, you're you're weary of the critics, but if you have a friend that you trust and you hear their feedback and then you know, you may be more inclined to go check it out. Same thing with a comic, you know, yeah. if you guys yeah pick up something and you put positive praise someone who may have been on the fence says okay these guys liked it i'm I'm gonna give it a shot you know
1: yeah and uh well to to wrap things up because um one thing that you definitely need to understand with our show is chuck and i don't see eye to eye on a lot of things (laughs) we love the same properties we're big fans of the same properties and genres and everything else but we have a lot of debates on our show That's good. A lot of arguments on our show, and it makes for a lot of fun, and it's what I think a lot of our listeners look forward to. So with that in mind, we have some questions that we like to ask those that we have the pleasure of interviewing. Um, (laughs) A group of questions that we call the firing range. Okay. And these are just. This or that type questions. Are these things that you guys have debated? Or? These, these, are yes. either, these are either classic debates that people in general have so, to...
0: Be. So I may develop an enemy or are two enemies potentially? Right. These are either <laughs> classic
1: debates okay. that are just out there or these All debates right. that we've had on the show. Do, do I get an opportunity to explain or do yes. I just have to leave my yes. answer? You as can explain. You, you yes. can either give the quick answer or you can give us. As- I'll, I'll give the quick
0: answer, and if you guys want a quick elaboration, I will give you it. Can, be you
1: can give the elaboration if you want to. It's okay. up to you. Okay, so, let's do it. So are let's you ready? So, so, I'm ready. All right. There's not a lot of them. So first question has to be Star Wars or Star Trek.
0: Oh, geez. <laughs> That's like apples and oranges, man. <laughs> just,
1: I have to pick
0: one over the yeah. other. Yes.
1: This is one of those classic debates that's always out there.
0: God, gee, it's impossible to answer that. No, it's not. I but see, I would say Star Trek because I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately. Okay. Thanks to Netflix, I just been I've been going through Voyager again. Yeah, I just finished up the, the next generation, so. And, it,
1: and uh, I will I, tell right. you a lot of our a lot of our uh or some of our fellow podcasters that we know very well are in the same boat as you where they're watching a lot because of Netflix. So, yeah. I can understand I think that.
0: that I think that's skewing my answer, but I'm going to go with Star Trek. Okay. We
1: we can never talk to you ever again. That's- <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know what? You know what? It probably would have definitely been Star Wars if it wasn't for those prequels. Okay.
1: I, I accept that. I can accept that. Uh, I We've talked about on the show the prequels for us is something that has grown on us, hmm. but it just <laughs> grows on you, too. So, um, <laughs> All right. Uh, tied into Star Wars. We do have a few Star Wars ones here, so Jedi or Sith? Guys, <laughs> guys, what the hell? Uh um, <laughs> is there a premise
0: for this debate no. like i mean this is part, to just, give
1: you, do you, to like, give, do you to, like do you to, like the to, jedi more or well, do you to like give Sith? You, yeah to give you a uh, maybe a little bit of a premise behind it i tend to be someone that sides with the good guys chuck tends to be someone that sides with the bad guys like those those tend it's, to be it's his.
0: one of those things where like on principle yeah. jedi on coolness factor Sith. you
1: know yeah. so it's like right. it's, that's it's, a valid answer okay <laughs> um This one has definitely been a debate, and we've only had one person ever agree with Chuck on it. Okay. You could be the second person to agree with him. I don't know. Okay. R2D2 or C-3PO? C-3PO. Yes. Wow. Thank you. You are now the second person to agree with Chuck. Mike (laughs) Costa agreed with me, too. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, I'll never understand that one, but that's okay. If you want to elaborate, you can. But
0: he has a he has a personality, and he's funny, and RTDG is just a beeping, chirping box. Yeah, that's, you know? that's exactly what I said, <laughs> that's, almost that's,
1: word for word. That's not how I view it, but that's fine. <laughs>
2: um, you sure
1: are wrong. Here's a here's another debate we've had on the show. Okay. Uh, is Chewbacca a sidekick to Han Solo? Ah. Uh, um. If you'd like some background behind that as far as our viewpoint.
0: No, no. It's, I mean, just speaking as someone who's not a super hardcore Star Wars fan, I would say yes. Thank you. Um, if it wasn't, if, and, and, and I think that purely comes from the the vocal limitation of the character. I think if he
1: oh, wasn't so so like, like yeah. if he actually was communicating. So i picking and, up between like, R2-D2 and, and Chewbacca, you're a speciest. I guess. I just, wow.
0: I, just, I like to be able to to have more guess. of a
1: direct. I like to have more of a
0: direct. Uh, I guess
1: like dialogue. Yeah, I I like to feel
0: more intimately connected with the character,
1: and it's He's like a I just, sidekick. Let it go. No. Well, here's the thing. I view them more as like Butch and Sundance, where they're just they're partners. And Chuck views them more like Batman and Robin, where Chewie's, mm-hmm. where Chewie's beneath them. So
0: right. che- he did seem to get
1: delegated a lot of tasks by Han, so yeah. it just it seems more like that's yeah. he's a psychic. Well, that's the last of our Star Wars questions, so okay. you can relieve be relieved about that. <laughs> um, here's some just off the wall ones: cake or pie?
0: Dude, it's it's just oh man,
1: pie. Thank you. Okay. And I will tell you, I did. I was originally a person that said cake, and Chuck said pie, but then. Okay, there's nothing worse than a dry cake.
0: All right, it's like pies. You, you, I, I think I find them better more times than not. With cake, you can get a bad cake easy. Yeah. And fondant, oh, what
1: the yeah, hell? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Thank you. That's <laughs> no good. Well, he, here's the thing. I I originally said cake because my favorite dessert was cheesecake, but then I was informed that that's mm-hmm. a pie. So it's not good. You know, it's called cake. It's a pie. It's, yeah, it's a weird uh, weird thing. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to muffins. Blueberry or chocolate chip blueberry, thank you, okay <laughs> i am not liking this yeah. anymore. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> no, just, just, more. just
0: because um for me, it's like i blueberry, I could eat on the go with chocolate chip, I'd have to have a glass of milk with me, you know it's just just it's just 'cause the cho- chocolate and I don't get along all that great that's so. that's
1: that's valid, okay, um all right, when it comes they're both delicious, oh sure, I'm not denying <laughs> that. <laughs> We're big, stand, stand your ground, Val. We're, we're big, we're big fans of food here, so yeah. stand your ground. Um, GI Joe or Cobra?
0: Good grief. <laughs> um, it's like it, it's like I I I I, I want to say like Dreadnoughts. Yeah, I don't want to nice. say either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Mercenary. Can I have my third option? Sure. Yeah,
1: sure. You answer these how you feel it's appropriate. <laughs> okay. There's no right um, or wrong answer. We're gonna and we'll staying in the GI Joe universe for a couple other ones. Uh, Do or- there's got to be a movie question here at some point? No, 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 no we we hate that abomination. So uh, which one? which movie? The oh the the live action one. Oh, I thought we were gonna talk about the animated one. We did a, a movie commentary on the animated one and the Cobra Law stuff. Not really big fans of that. Yeah, I think I'm like one of
0: the only people
1: that likes. <laughs> <laughs> We I like the movie up until the Cobra Lost stuff. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That intro, oh, best intro, best intro ever. Yeah, we we actually did go on record as saying that intro is the best intro yeah. ever in, in cartoons ever. That definitely
0: it was hands down. You can't, you can. There's not much that can come close to touching. No, it.
1: No, and, and 100% agreement on that. So, Duke or Flint? Oh,
0: I you know what I I never liked Duke. I just so but I don't really care for Flint either. But I don't know. I have to go. With Flint.
1: Finally, one for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I just, I don't know. Duke just annoyed
0: me for some reason. I don't know. Right
1: there with you. I like Duke. Uh, Scarlet or Lady J? Oh wow.
0: Um, see, I would say Cover Girl, but hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: you can you can go Cover Girl. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's like I like redheads, but I I I don't know. Lady J was always a little bit sassier, which I liked. You know. So it's like yeah, it's like give Lady J's personality to Scarlet and I think
1: that would be like the perfect combination. <laughs> I think he and, just wants a three way. And hence you got cover girl. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um I, Autobots are Decepticons.
0: Getting
1: um, back to the
2: whole good bad.
0: Right. Yeah, see it's it's like I for this I'm trying to think more about cool visuals. Um and transformations and stuff. I, I, I if I'm looking back at just toys, let's go just eighty G one toys, I'm gonna have to go with Autobots.
1: Okay. Okay. Eighties action movie, Roadhouse or Cobra?
0: I've never seen Cobra. Oh I don't, even wow. know, I don't even know what that
1: is. That's with Sylvester Stallone where he's he gives the famous line of uh, you're the disease and I'm the cure. Oh crap! Well, now to go yeah, I'm to go watch it. Oh, say, you're yeah. gonna have to check out. It's a one good out. movie. Okay, sorry, I,
0: I had to forfeit the. That's yeah, fine. This, that's uh, fine. The, the but but at, least,
1: at least we sent you down the right path to check one out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, who is your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Uh, um, uh, Donatello. Oh, wow! Wow!
2: Okay, that's one vote for Donatello. <laughs> um, no, I think we had. Um, Do you just like purple? <laughs> uh,
0: no, I don't know. There's um. I, I, well, um, Michelangelo, I, I didn't care for his attitude. Um, Leonardo wasn't big on the leader persona. Um, Raphael, it depends on if we're talking movie or cartoon, because in the movie, I just didn't like him because he was a jerk. You know? Okay. But, you know, Donatello just seemed like a nice guy who was more, you know, more had his hit about him. You know, okay. so no, I and, just,
1: I just, and actually, you're the you're the second person that did pick okay, Donatello because right. uh, Mike Costa picked Donatello also. I have to go back and check the tape. Um <laughs> uh, when, it, when it comes to Voltron, uh which which lion? Black, red, blue, green, or yellow? I cannot
0: answer this question because I have never seen a Voltron oh, cartoon. Oh wow. You wound me. I know. Uh, yeah.
1: You could check that out yeah. too.
0: Sorry, I've never well, I d I didn't have it. Like um that and Mask and uh there was a couple other cartoons that um we didn't have cable and we had only like one network. <laughs> they had cartoons, so, yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, see, I, I
2: grew up uh, a lot with childhood in, in West Virginia, and I don't remember watching Voltron or Mask either as a child. Oh, I don't I remember, remember if they it. were on or if oh. I was watching other shows in the meantime. But I think you were watching other shows. <laughs> I might have been, but I don't remember seeing those either. <laughs> uh, it wasn't yeah, until later on that I checked them out.
1: Now, I know you won't answer who your favorite Masters character is, but... <laughs> if you had to, who is it? <laughs> no, no, but going with the good-bad thing Mm e-man and the masters or skeletor and his minions evil warriors skeletor definitely yes okay
0: i can i can tell you my my three favorite masters toys okay i can definitely do that so web store drag store and mosquito wow store thing going there but you
1: know i liked web store as a kid i I remember having him
2: yeah Uh, well you've got one of those in a master's classic so web store uh yeah, and you know
0: hopefully we'll see the others. Yeah, I, I know
2: Pixel Dan's pining for a mosquito. Mosquito? We
0: did a mosquito chat like two chanted two years ago at uh, San Diego Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. nice. <laughs>
2: yeah. That worked funny. out well for him. <laughs> 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 no, Dan's a good guy. A quick story about Dan. Um, I actually was big on the the pop culture network, you know, forums and stuff like that, and uh, I actually traded Pixel Dan some Ninja Turtle figures for a. Uh, uh Masters of the Universe Classics Trapjaw figure. Oh really? Yeah, he might not remember I might I went under a different name under as like Marshall Man under their forum. He'd probably remember. Yeah, he might remember doing that, but I don't think he remembers it being me. <laughs> 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 he might remember trading some kid who said, I got some Ninja Turtles and I'll trade you for uh, uh you know, trapjaw. But that was actually wow. me. Oh, okay.
0: You have to ask him. He's a nice guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, he seemed like a great guy, yeah. Oh, is that all the questions? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all that the was questions it, yeah. we had, yeah. yeah. You got some homework to watch some movies, but other than that, you're good. <laughs> Check out some Voltron. And watch Cobra. And watch Cobra. Okay. The Stallone movie. All right. So,
1: uh, well, Val, thanks for, for coming on. Uh, I hope that a lot, of, uh, list, a lot of our listeners end up going to PowerCon and ThunderCon, because I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome event. I hope they do, too. Yeah, I, I wish you <laughs> nothing but success with that. I just wish it was on the East Coast. Uh, soon enough, man. Okay. Soon enough. Yeah. And uh, obviously wish you a lot of success with uh, Suicide Squad. And, and you were mentioning uh, another project that you're working on, your own project, correct? Yes. It is uh, called Divination. It's one of my
0: own comics that I'm co-writing with uh, a, a up-and-coming YA author. Her name is Gina Iorio. It uh, will be debuting, I think, in October. I'm not sure, on MTV Geek. Dot com, so you can check it out. It's going to be free to read, so oh, nice. there's is there's way. no excuse to not go check out this comic book. I, sure. I will definitely check it that out. It might be my first <laughs> webcomic.
2: <laughs> um, Anything else you want to plug real quick?
0: um let's see. Other than PowerCon, uh, checking out He-Man.org if you're not already there. Uh, those comics, Suicide Squad, Divination. Um, I guess you know anytime I do a Marvel stuff, I'm working on New Mutants. And uh, the Halo comic in particular, and uh, other than you know, that's about uh, it, other than the roast. Goob- I'm a
1: big X-Men fan, so you got me on New Mutants. So oh, any, any uh, He-Man podcast you want to plug?
0: <laughs> just the uh, <laughs> just <laughs> He-Man.org roast Google dinner, where you can listen to four people babble on for about uh, an hour and a half, being stupid most of the time. But hey, that's part of the fun. That's right. Part of the
1: fun, absolutely. It's a part I like that, that's how we are too. So. <laughs> We do not take ourselves seriously. No, and, and and you know what? I don't. I personally don't like the podcasts that take themselves
2: seriously. So that's right up my alley. And again, so. I, I as a fanboy here, I, I want to say thanks again for doing that. I really enjoy that podcast.
0: Oh, excellent, man! I'm glad. Yeah, it's like we just want to. We wanted to we want to make people laugh. So hopefully like mission accomplished. You know, there you go. It's just you know, you just want it to be fun like you're hanging out with friends having a laugh. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, and that's how we like
1: doing ours too. So like I said it was a it was a pleasure having you on because it seemed well, like Thank you so much, too. Yeah. Well, thank really you good. thank you very much. So uh, for for those of our listeners uh, to contact us, you can find us at uh, starjoes.com. You can find us on the comicforums.com. You can also uh, get in touch with us through email at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Starjoespodcast. You can also call us and leave a voicemail at 440-941-JOES. And uh, leave us an iTunes review. We have 20, but we would love a lot more. And and also wanted to throw this out there. uh, You're going to hear it in a future episode also. But for every iTunes review that you leave us, Chuck's going to have to say something nice about the X-Men, <laughs> not, not including Wolverine. Yes. Chuck doesn't really care for the X-Men too much, but he does like Wolverine. So <laughs> We have a lot of our listeners uh, do come from the Uncanny X cast, and they, they like the X-Men and everything else. So if you leave us an iTunes review, we will read the review on the show, and Chuck's going to have to say something nice about the X-Men. So keep that in mind. Uh, But with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Thanks.
0: Today, I want to talk to you about courage. Now, courage not only means being
2: brave in the face of danger, it also means having the strength to say no... When your friends are trying to talk you into doing something you know is wrong. In short, courage means having principles and sticking to them, no matter what. See you all again soon.